0: Welcome to Deep Well Astrology. I'm Allison Disler, a psychological astrologer and somatic educator. And in this podcast, we'll explore how astrology can illuminate our embodied consciousness and nourish our soul. Welcome back, everyone. If you tuned in last week, I introduce the topic of giving and receiving from the perspective of Venus, or the Venusian archetype in our charts. And if you want a basic overview of Venus or how I interpret Venus in our natal charts, head back to part one of this podcast, or back just one episode. So today is Thursday, August 25th, 2022, and we are officially towed deep into Virgo season just over the brink and with mars now also deep in or toe deep rather in mutable gemini i'd say we're into the beginning of movable agile flexible season sensing if any of the beginnings of some things are wanting to change internally seasonally or emotionally i know for myself in the last week and actually just the last couple of days a lot of what I thought to be my schedule for the next couple of weeks just started shifting around. Uh, And I take a lot of these things a lot less personally um, when I do see movement, because often there's these patterns of mutability or movability that I see within my uh, yearly calendars. And I always get curious, first of all, when something like that happens, I always check the astrology to see... What if something has just shifted or changed? And usually when there's an ingress, maybe one or two, even three ingresses all within the same week, there is a lot of shifting that can happen around externally. So take a quick moment. I'll have each of us do this to visualize or look up your needle chart and look at what houses Virgo and Gemini represent for you. So these are the newly awakened houses for you since the sun has moved into your Virgoan house and Mars has moved into your Gemini house. So that's a house you can expect a shift of focus and or emphasis around some of the themes in your chart. So wherever the Virgo house and wherever the Gemini house is in your chart, take a moment to just peruse or let's say, preview some of the themes of that area of your chart. So we're just, again, at that precipice of change. So it's a good time to look at that and just see where you are. See if you want to set some intentions or just have your eye to those parts of your chart. In my experience, Mars brings a type of energy of catalyzation, a speeding up, of vitalizing and or intensifying the section of the chart that it travels through. Now, for me in my chart, I am a Mars ruled person, so I have a pretty good handle on Mars and I actually roll pretty well with it. I also do have um, a night chart. So, Mars for me tends to act more catalyzing or energizing. It can also, depending on the chart and depending on how you work with Mars or how that feels for you, it can feel like heat. Or intensifying, or even aggression, or sort of peppery or spicy. So it's depending on who you are and how you roll with Mars, whether you have a day or a night chart, that's all going to give a different tone to the Mars experience that you're going to have. So for me, um, Mars sort of catalyzed things. And the way I experience the sun, or the way I teach it, is the sun also gives a kind of energy towards an area in our chart as it's traveling through. It shines a light into that section of our chart. Um, it can be lightning, it can be illuminating, but it's usually not quite as peppery or hot as a Mars transit. And finally, make note if you have any planets or sensitive points like the nodes or angles in Gemini and or Virgo and realize those planets are archetypes and your chart will be receiving some influence in these next month for sure, and for the Gemini section of your house the next seven months until March 2023. In this episode, I want to expand on the notions of giving and receiving, as well as offer an overview of Venus through all of the elementals earth, air, water, and fire. This is what I'm interested in when it comes to the topic of giving and receiving, that we know ourselves well enough, to fill or know how to fill our own cup in the department of desire, and then be curious to the others in our life. Now, I love to give gifts, not really ostentatiously, but genuinely. My favorite offerings are often simple and sensual, like a jar of homemade jam or a baked good or a homemade journal. I do like handmade things, and I like unique gifts, sometimes off-kilter or quirky kind of things, even found objects put together well. These kinds of gifts speak to me, and they may speak to some others, but not everyone. When I nourish myself or allow myself to experience the offbeat, absurd or quirky, homemade and down-home sensual gifts of this world, I feed myself. And that is, you know, across the board some very simple ways, but I also like the the very soul nurturing things of having more offbeat experiences or immersing myself in something like a like a small town festival. So these things that have their own uniqueness to them and they really nourish me. Well, once again, that's not really everyone's desire or something that they're up to speed with. When I do feed myself I have room to inquire what it is that an important other may want or resonate with, and is that the same or different than me? Moving a layer deeper beyond tangibility and wants, Venus in our chart also represents what we find of value and deem worthy or of worth. Value and worth can encompass the material of course but it is important to recognize that some of us feel and discern value and worth on a deeply felt or even cellular level. And I want to lift up just because you don't have a deep existential question or relationship with worth or self-worth doesn't make you or anyone else right or wrong. This is the truth that we have. And this truth that we're here with others in is that there are many potential relationships and elemental relationships with what we deem worthy and valuable it can be healthy and even nourishing to check ourselves and be aware if we're having any beliefs about what others find of value and worth and widen our perspective to just get curious about that instead and maybe even wonder i wonder where their venus is in or what elemental they've got their venus in And if we spend less time evaluating the desires of others and judging that or wondering about that, we actually have more time to set up our own value structure and really inquire what we find of worth. So it can be really refreshing to remember values. They all live in a different elemental realm for each of us. And all of the elementals live in a different house. So this is the introduction to the elementals of Venus, and the houses, that's a bit more complex, but as you know, I'm always here for readings and further discussion, so feel free to reach out if you're wanting to talk more about the specifics of your Venus, its placement, and the house that it lives in. Now in our charts, Venus can be in one of four elementals, that is earth, air, water, or fire. So in this next section, we'll talk a little bit about Venus in earth and air signs. If you or someone you know has Venus in an earth sign, then their Venus or your Venus is in Taurus, Virgo, or Capricorn. In general, the element of earth is rooted to the tangible here and now. Earth elements are generally material, practical, sensual, having to do with things or elements we can touch, taste, and feel. Routine and order or practicality may be some values that Earth upholds. And I want you to think of Earth as like an archetype. You can imagine that as a a being. So the Earth being, these, these values it might uphold. Earth likes to be earth substantial to hold on to things to establish security or grounding that's that's what it does now can you think of some other earth based words and think elementally so of course each of the earth elements have different specific sets of values desires and what they find worthy based on their modality remember modality is one of 3 it can be fixed Cardinal or immutable. Cardinal Earth, as exhibited in Capricorn, is more initiatory or focused on the beginning of things. It's power focused, it's substantial in an initiatory, kind of strong forward way. Taurus is our fixed Earth sign. It is more enduring or sustaining or stewarding or long lasting. And Virgo represents our mutable earth sign, and that kind of earth is more flexible and agile. It's as flow state as an earth sign can get. So if you even think of this practically right off of uh, Venus and Virgo, just some of the qualities about it, there's going to be some desire or like to move things around, to be a bit flexible, but maybe to to move with the material or the practicality of things in mind, but to be able to be flexible about that. So I think like problem solving and um, practical, like putting things together or needing to see many perspectives of some real tangible thing, you can already start to put together some of these things about Virgo and how earth would roll in Virgo or how that would, that would line up. So when we know this element in modality, we can also look at Venus and start to piece together the meaning. So Venus again represents what it is that we desire, find worthy, or find of value in our chart. It is possible that of all the elementals, Earth-based Venuses tend to place more emphasis or value on materials. Things of the Earth, substantial things like clothing, cars, jewelry, perfume, money structures, building things, things that you can touch or taste, bakeries, so just things of this earth, of the here and now. In contrast to earth, air elemental venuses tend to center or desire around qualities of air. So let's think about air as an archetype so you can visualize this being or this person. So what's air all about? Quite generally, air represents the mental realm. Thought, logic, rationality, ideas, elements of culture like civility, ideals like peace or justice, the idea of beauty and aesthetics, they all lend themselves to the air realm. So we're kind of making that levitation upward into this this human, like rational realm. Think architecture or the quiet beauty of a museum. Communication, sociability, connection, and concepts also belong in the air department. So things that are shared, often verbal, breath, words, ideas, information, networking, and sharing conversation and ideas. Information exchange all live in the air realm. Qualities of air, just think about it a minute. Levity, lightness, humor, broad scope. Movement, abstraction, detachment, and aloofness, not finding maybe one thing more important than another thing, really. It's also communally shared. So, can you already get a sense of the difference in comparison between air and earth? What about someone who had their Venus in air rather than earth, or a Venus in earth rather than air? Could you see how desires and values could start to be in very different departments for these people? So if you were to go out today and buy a gift for an air sign Venus, what would you gamble on getting? And what about an earth sign Venus? Okay, who would you buy the chocolates for? And what about a stationary set? You know, although you could argue the kind of stationary set can be a bit earthy too. So you're doing some communication and networking, but you're also doing it the old-fashioned way, you know, hands on pen and paper. So... You know, to get really in the air realm, we may have to go through something that's completely virtual or gifting someone of an idea or, um you know, something that exists not necessarily tangibly. So, of course, Earth Venuses and Air Venuses can enjoy gifts out of either department. So this is just something to play with. It's worth some chewing on Earth or thinking about air. And remember, your air-based Venuses will differ in their values, desires, and what they find of worth, depending on their modality. In the air department, we have the most mutable, arguably of all mutable elements, Gemini. It would be mutable air. Aquarius, the water bearer, represents our fixed air element. Aquarius is an air elemental, but the symbol of Aquarius is the water bearer. And we'll talk more about this when we talk about Aquarius later on. But remember, there always needs to be a fixed container in order to bear water. Thus, Aquarius fixed air. And our cardinal air are catalyzing, initiatory idea, uh, relationship building, Libra. And in each of the successive weeks, we'll dive deeply into these Venuses, so everyone's going to get their own episode. Finally, just make note, and remember, it's out of the scope of the podcast, but each Venus will also live or be located natally in a house, which signals the department of life the owner of the chart may find valuable or find self-worth or meaning in. For example, if your Venus is in the seventh house of important others in your life, such as partners, marriages, and clientele, There will likely be energy around wants and desires, even feelings of value, what you find value and how you find self-worth in that department of your life. Okay, let's head over now to the elements of fire and water to round out our elementals or square them out, actually. If you have a Venus and a fire sign, your Venus is an Aries, Sagittarius, or Leo. See if you can infer some things about value and worth based on some of these qualities of fire or the archetype image of fire. In general, fire is warm and volatile. It's expressive. It gives off heat and light, and it needs to be fed. Fire generally is optimistic. It's a provider. Sometimes we can associate the fire archetype, this idea of initiatory or youthful energy, or naivety, something like childhood or that childlike energy or excitement. Fire also represents direct knowing, that kind of intuition or just knowing or feeling of insight we sometimes have. So we've all had that strike of insight. It's like kind of striking a match, like something just occurs to us that is a fire elemental that's part of that archetypal fire fire can also be unpredictable and quick and it can also burn out if air represents rationality and concepts thinking things through logically fire represents spontaneous insight and can also be associated with sports and things that we do for recreation and leisure pursuits so again take that theme of enthusiasm or movement and think of where that can be applied having fun competing and playing games each fiery venus is modified depending on its modality as we have an initiatory aries a cardinal fire sign it's like a match being struck quick firecracker that kind of energy fire energy And we have our hearth kind of fire. Uh, That's our fixed fire sign of Leo, or a wood stove, if you're familiar with feeding a wood stove. That's sort of long, enduring, and hopefully burning for a while and through a long, cold night if you've got a wood stove. And then we've got our mutable wildfire, movable fire, which is Sagittarius. And putting all those things together, some of those elements of fire with modalities, can you start to get a sense of what our fiery Venuses may generally find valuable, of worth, or even notice what some of their own self-worth or values might be about? And just do that little meditation again. Like, oh, if you know somebody who has a fiery Venus, or you have one, what kind of gift would you give yourself? What what would be something that you just want or desire? And finally, we'll head over to water now. We've got our water-based elemental venuses, and we've got our mutable water venus, which is in Pisces, fixed water modality, Scorpio, and Cancer, Cancer being our cardinal water sign. So take a moment. What do you know about water as an elemental? So picture a body of water. If you could be a body of water or picture one today, what would you picture? There's so many different kinds. Go with your first one or even two and see if you can get an image of it. And then notice some of the qualities about it. I think one word that comes up most often conceptually around water is emotional, emotions, or feeling. And I also think the word flow comes up. Some other qualities of water is like, it is similar to air in its communal sense. It's shared, it flows, it moves, it touches one edge of the land and another, it transports things. And in contrast to earth and fire, earth and fire are much more independent or individual elements and water as an element is broad and far sensing. Yet it's a different kind of broadness than air. So we think of airwaves, things moving through the air radio waves. When we think of the expansiveness of water, we think of the undertow, we think of the ocean, you think of how there is water going all around the earth and it reaches certain depths and it goes around and it surfaces, but then it cycles down. So you have a lot of different modulating depths and power of water. So water can also be subtle too and changeable. So often, you know, if you walk out into water, it's shallow, 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 and then it gets really deep and the temperature changes and it's moody. You know, that's the way that we would describe it in a person. It's just moody. It's changeable often. Even with our fixed water sign of Scorpio, water, you know, water in a cup is fixed, but the nature of water is flow. So there's these only these you know particular states of water that are that are fixed. We think of a, even in a marsh or a swamp, it doesn't look like things are moving. It's very still, but there's lots of movement underneath. So water's really never still, even when it's fixed. Water's atemporal. It's connected to the past, the present, and what we may consider future. So it's not really attached to any one moment in time, like our earth elemental, which is really about here and now and what I can touch and taste. And water is also sensitive and can pick up on things unsaid. It takes impressions and feelings and undertones in like a sponge. And it also can transfer these things. It can reflect things back. So we can see water as an element. Is there any other things that come to mind when you think of water? You know, it can be a downpour. It can be a drizzle. It can really change the mood, the whole mood of a, of a day when the waters come. So if you think of water in reference to Venus, and especially compared to the the fiery Venuses, can you just uphold those a little bit in the department of values and what one may desire, and and think about how those might be different? Not to say that water Venuses don't like to have fun or might not like to play a sport or a game, but I'm thinking that water is much more about feeling and emotions and often about those. Those things that you just can't quite name. So the mysterious, the spiritual, um, also those things that that may just evoke an emotion just by going to it. So there might be this um, this also this thing around worth that has to do with emotionality and integrating the emotions that our watery Venuses may have a preference towards. And like I said earlier in this episode, just take a moment with the element of your Venus. And if you have people that you're living with or loving or people in your family, take notice of where everyone else is with their Venus. And we can see already that if you have a predominance of watery Venuses in your household, and then you've got one air Venus, you know, there, there may be someone in your house that would desire things to be a little lighter, a little levity or a little bit more humorous in a way, you know, to bring some of that air energy and, You can work with that like in yourself. So if your whole chart is mostly air or mostly earth or mostly fire, you can start to work with the integration of other elementals so that you become a fully well-rounded elemental. So we're all going to have preferences, but we want to widen out so that we can get to know each other and get to know those elements that we have in ourselves that may not be our predominant way in the world. So for this week, think about that. Think about the elemental of your Venus. Ask people who are open to talking about it. And next week, we're going to start to dive into some specifics. I look forward to tuning in with you then. See you later. Until next time, breathe deep. Linger long.